your website looks like hell or it doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Mm-hmm. Um, your social media, you have two followers, embarrassing, and mm-hmm. you don't have a LinkedIn page. Well, these are the places people are going to go after they read that story or see you on TV. If you right. don't have that, then you're doing PR strictly for your own ego. Yes. Let's just call that out. Welcome back to Find Your Magic, Magic Makers. This is the podcast where entrepreneurship and mental health meet. And today I am thrilled to be speaking with Nicole Rodriguez of NRPR. She is a marketing pro with 22 plus years of experience under her belt. And she is such a firecracker. I love speaking to her. This is actually our second time speaking. She came on, we recorded an episode a few months back, but unfortunately I lost the file because of a computer issue and she was generous enough to come back. And I'm actually really happy that we got to come back together after I knew her better and knew her business better to be able to ask more in-depth questions about how she went from an NFL cheerleader to now a fully like formed nine years. She just celebrated nine years of her public relations firm, NRPR, with a full team. She's worked with some of the biggest names in the business, like Dolby, Sony Pictures Entertainment, Hulu, Yahoo. She's done an incredible, incredible job building her business up from the ground. And the advice that she shares is so valuable, especially if you're an entrepreneur who is in your first one to five years of a business, or perhaps you are looking for what's that tipping point of having it go from a side hustle to a full-time business? What do I need? What are the ducks that I actually need to get in a row before I can fully launch and be a profitable company? I really, really appreciated Nicole's expertise. We talked both about building a business as well as PR, knowing when you are ready for PR. It just is a super valuable conversation. And in a way, for me, the mental health piece that came into play during our conversation was you kind of have to check your ego. (laughs) When you are debating whether or not to either hire a PR professional or start to do some PR work for yourself, it's very easy to want to just toot your own horn without really having anything behind it because press, honestly, it feels really good, right? It feels really good to be called out in the press. It makes you feel very fancy. So this is an opportunity to really understand what is the value that you're providing to people when you do get featured in the press, when people see your name listed as an expert, when you write that byline, when you guest on a podcast, when you are on television even, what is behind the curtain? What are people clicking through to your website and seeing as the value that you can provide to them beyond the expertise that was listed in the press? I really, really enjoyed this conversation, and I know you will too. So please welcome Nicole Rodriguez to Find Your Magic. 
Nicole, I was going to say welcome to Find Your Magic, but really, listeners, it's welcome back to Find Your Magic. Nicole has graciously offered to come and speak to me for a second time after I lost our original interview when I had a computer crash. RIP Computy uh, from 2012. Um, And now we're on my fancy new power book and talking to Nicole again. And I'm really, really grateful that you're willing to come back. So thank you, Nicole. Yeah, no, my pleasure. I'm I'm glad we can do this. I had a great time the first time. So you know what meant to be and, and happy to be here. Gosh, you know, just the idea of meant to be, sometimes when things like that happen, they can feel so emergency in the moment, right? And you're in PR. So you know, like that moment where you're like, well, pivot or die, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it sounds, um, sounds like my everyday, you know. <laughs> truly. But okay, so let's start there because I would love because I think you can offer encouragement to people who don't see it every day. You know, if someone is experiencing something that feels like, oh crap, you know, everything is ruined. What are some tips from a seasoned PR pro to keep your cool and pivot? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say the very first thing that I've learned literally firsthand. And so I take this to heart is that there's a rainbow after every storm. Mm. right? That storms are meant to be in our lives, to wash things away, to um, move things, you know, that maybe we wouldn't have moved, right? Think about how powerful storms can be sometimes. And so using that as a point of reference, not just for our earth and our environment, but in our lives, I can look back on, you know, more than 40 years of living, right? And more than 20 years in my profession, And I can think back to storms that have happened in my life that in the middle of it feels like a crisis. Mm -hmm. And what I have learned, though, is through all of those situations, there has always been something good that has come from it or Mm -hmm. something that I've learned that has helped me then pivot and move forward. So I think that if we can just look at life in that way, and not look at it from a victim standpoint, look at it as a challenge that is meant to be put in your place to make you stronger, to make you think better, to make you more agile, there will be a rainbow at the end of that storm. Mm, I love that point to think better and be more agile. I'm writing it down for myself and to put it in the show notes because that is such a good point, Nicole, that so much of the, so many of the good things that have come to me have come as a result of a new way of thinking and adjusting old ways of thinking and, uh, having to release comfortable patterns. Right. And boy, howdy, does that go for business too? Mm -hmm. Because you literally can't reach the next level if you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. And I now would love to turn to a very exciting milestone that you just told me you hit, which is nine years of having your company. And I, that is so inspiring to me first and foremost, no pun intended, (laughs) (laughs) because, um, you know, entrepreneurship is hard. 
Being your own boss is hard. Being the boss of other people is really hard. Like every year that you grow, there's a new challenge, a new challenge, a new challenge. That's not even about the skill or the service that you're providing. It's about being a person running a business. That's right. So now that you're at nine years, let's, let's take a walk down memory lane. Let's start with year one. What advice would you give to people, but especially women who are in year one of their business? Such a great question because I actually was just sitting with a little, uh, a mentee of mine just a few days ago and kind of walking her through some of these things because she's, you know, considering going out on her own and, you know, doing, doing the, um, you know, the entrepreneur thing. And I said, okay, here is what you need to know. And there is no, no if, ands, or buts. One, good contracts. Make sure that you have someone that you are working with that you trust who can bulletproof your contracts right away. Don't go into business for yourself and start with handshakes. Stop it. Mm. We all know better. You know better. And here's, here's that advice. Have really good contracts that are very clear about when payments are due, what terms, um, what is the exact scope of work so that there is no misinterpretation, no misrepresentation of what's supposed to be done and, and what the outcome is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and depending on your line of work, say you're in social media, don't promise that you're going to get a thousand organic followers in a week. We all know working in marketing and social media, whatever, organic anything works on God's time. Your job (laughs) is to show up, make the contact, you know, or, you know, make contact with people, make good content. And when God says (laughs) you're going to get your first thousand followers, it'll happen. That's what organic is. Oh my gosh, you're killing me. Right. (laughs) Buy ads, have an ad budget, bro. Like that is what it is. Right. So that's really what I tell people that you know, there are going to be people who don't work in your profession, who don't understand your profession, but know that they need you. Yeah. And they have an idea for what their outcome is, but they don't understand the steps that it takes to get there. Right. So totally. And it's, it's also worth pointing out for anybody who is like, yeah, but how do I explain this to clients who just want the thousand followers, right. Or fill in the blank for whatever your profession is. It is, it builds trust. And I have found people are much more likely to pay me more than my competitors because I'm honest with them about that. And I tell them anybody who's promising you, you know, I'm a copywriter. So if I say anybody who's promising you like promising a triple click-through rate, you can't promise that. You can't promise that. That's, they're bullshitting you. Yeah. Facebook can change their algorithm tomorrow. Right whole point of organic growth is the fact that it's organic. So I just say, you know what? It's growing on God's time. So we just got to show up and do the do, right? Yeah. Make make the effort. And And have the contract reflect that to your original point. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing too is have someone on your side who understands bookkeeping and keeping you organized. If you do not have a finance background, don't pretend that you do. Don't try to, when it comes to finance, wing it because <laughs> that is exactly where you are going to find yourself in the hottest water when it comes time to do taxes when it comes time to figure out what was a write off what is not 
don't take something on that you don't know that could get you in trouble and make it a detriment to your whole business. If what you are is uh, an interior decorator, or maybe you're an event producer, or maybe you're a, a copywriter. Sure. If you didn't go to school for finance, don't pretend that you do. Don't try to figure it out and make expensive mistakes. Yeah. Finance mistakes are expensive mistakes. So I was very fortunate in my in my first year that I, you know, I lawyered up, got the contracts together, got some decent bookkeeping. It was actually my CPA who um, she funny story. She used to do my individual taxes when I was working for a company. I was a vice president and she would see my taxes every year and she'd just keep looking at me and she'd be like, when are you going to start your own business? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, like, I'm not sure when I'm going to be ready, you know? And she was actually the one who she's like, I'm going to do this as like my gift to you. I'm going to register your business for you. And I'm going to help set up your books, your bookkeeping and organize because you it's time, you know, Mm -hmm. and because I had that help. It was almost like she was like an angel at that moment. I felt confident to go out and do my thing. I could market my business. I could PR myself. I could do all of the things that I inherently knew how to do. And I didn't have to worry about the finance side or the legal side because I had help. Yeah. Well, and it's, yeah, it's also, you make a really good point of like, if you, you might not be when you're first starting out, you may not have a ton of financial resources to pay a bunch of people and hire a full team initially. However, Nicole's point of getting set up correctly in the first place is going to save you so much time, so much money, so much energy that you could be putting towards building the business and getting better and more clients. I couldn't agree more, especially with the bookkeeping and the legal piece. I, and it's confusing. Like, they make it so confusing. Sole proprietor versus yes. LLC versus escort. Like there's so much. Corporate. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. I first registered my business, I was an LLC. Mm-hmm. After we grew, we, you know, um, we graduated to an escort. Yeah. Great. And that was when I had time to learn the difference, to understand the, the tax differences, the benefits. But like I said, having that help on that side the the system isn't easy to figure out. So don't try to just figure it out as you're, as you're going. It's, it's like wanting to build a house without a blueprint, without knowing structurally where things are going to go. Make sure that, that the bones are there and the bones are the legal and the finance side of it. Mm -hmm. You start filling it in with your skills and, and what you offer. But if you don't have that, you're you're going to be spending more money on cleaning up your mistakes than if you would have just done it right the first time and moved forward correctly. That's so true. I had a mentor once explain it where she was like, if you are going to be an entrepreneur, remember that you have two things, a business and a brand, and they are different things. The business is exactly what Nicole is talking about. The legal, the, the finance, um, like strategy, the brand is a completely different thing. Who you are, how you serve people, marketing, like that's your brand, not your business. And getting them confused is where we get in trouble. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Because then at that point, it's, 
you know, if you're prioritizing one over the other, and if you are not giving your brand the energy, you look dead to the rest of the world. Mm, Yep. Unexciting. You're not appealing, right? So you're exactly right, you know, because also the other thing that, that I concentrated on was making sure that I brought someone on to develop my logo and the brand without me. I work in PR and marketing, but I also know I can get lost in the sauce when it comes to my own creation, mm-hmm. right? So I handed that to someone and I said, here's my vision. Here's the energy that I want to exude through my logo. Here are the colors that I want to see make me a masterpiece. So that while I was getting my ducks in a row on the legal and finance side, someone was ideating a logo and brand. And, you know, I did the words, right? Like my, my job is, is, you know, verbiage, right? Yes. Um, but while that was happening, it was like one day my brand was presented to me and it was like, oh, love at first sight. When I saw the NRPR logo, our little circle N, I was like, that's it. Yeah. It's the personality. That's who we are. And that I want to put on shirts and mugs and, and <laughs> holiday cards. I want to put it on my social media. You have to love your brand and your logo too. Yeah. It's a representation of you and what you're putting out into the world. And if you don't, you know, it'll come through, it'll come through. Yeah. You, you have to have pride in what it is you're putting out there. So don't also just say, well, I'm not a graphics person, but I'm going to just, you know, rock on Canva and figure it out myself. Like other people see that it's the yeah. other thing. It's the same thing with like a website. Well, I could try to put it together myself. If you are not a, like a graphics person, if you are not a website creator, people are going to be able to tell that you Mickey Mouse that and put it together on your own. Mm. So if you're going to build a business, have fun exploring and learning different skills, but know that you as a beginner building a Wix page or whatever that is, is not going to look as sexy as your competition if they went and brought somebody in for even just a couple thousand bucks to put together a nicer website. People judge. It is how our brains work. They're going to judge if your contracts don't look buttoned up. They're going to judge if you don't have a process for bringing them in as a client. They're going to judge if they look at your website and it looks like your five-year-old, you know, just learned how to use Wix and put it together for you. People judge and they base their decisions off those judgments. And I'm not saying that that's, you know, good or bad. When it comes to business, you just have to know it exists. Yeah. Just prepare ahead for that and use that first year to just know that you have to put your best foot forward in order to get to year two, three, four, and five. That's so true. And one of the things that I, if I was going to ask myself the same question of what advice would I give somebody in their first year is to not try to do too much too quickly if you don't have the resources. So I... One of the good things was that I had the ability to sort of take an off ramp instead of having nothing and, you know, starting from with zero dollars. I had a job that I like saved and planned. Okay. This is how much I need to give myself the runway to build the kind of sort of V1 business. Mm -hmm. But then there is, there is also a piece that I would say of like, done is better than perfect. Right. And sometimes you do have to take a leap and bet on yourself. Yep. Um, 
I am, I am of the ilk where I will procrastinate with productive things or things that feel productive, like messing with what freaking shade of yellow my buttons are going to be for days, (laughs) days, you know? (laughs) So I understand also that some of us are more like, we need the kick in the pants to be like, done is better than perfect. Bet on yourself, get started, you know, but not without contracts and not without bookkeeping. <laughs> That's right. And, and perfect example of done without having to be perfect. If you have someone build you a website that has a basic landing page, a contact page, and a breakdown of what your services are, and maybe it doesn't have all the other bells and whistles, that is a done situation that's also not perfect. But as long as it looks good, it's yeah. buttoned up and clear you don't have to have everything built out. You yes. just have something for people to land on to see that you're a substantial business. Which brings me to a PR question or a PR thought, because I can imagine like all the good PR in the world, if somebody clicks on, oh, well, I want to learn more about this person in this article and they click and they don't have a website or they have a crappy website. <laughs> you guys can't see, but Nicole just made the funniest, like oh eye roll, eye crossing and eye rolling at the same time. It was like a cartoon character. I don't know how you did yes, it. Girl. That, you know what? It's because I've, I've had people say that so many times that it's like, it makes my brain spin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So good point. The whole point of PR, and I want everyone who's listening to hear this public relations was not created to drive your sales. Ooh, louder for the people in the back. It is not. It is like hiring a plumber to do an electrician's job. The PR that you get is meant to be a trust enforcer because PR is an earned media outcome. You have to earn the media's attention and time to either put you on TV, put you on the radio, put you on their podcast, or write a story that goes online. You have to earn that. So it's meant to make people think because in a story or an interview, they get to see something more in depth than they would in an advertisement. Advertising and social media advertising, when you use social for the advertising point, Advertising drives sales. It drives interest. So when you have a great PR push, most people are going to click to your website or your social media channels. That is the outcome that is like phase one, bare bones. You should see a little bit of a a strike up in traffic. Traffic. It's also not meant to to give you downloads. It's the same thing as sales. People are like, well, I got all this, this press and people didn't download the app. Well, were you advertising? Cause that's what advertising does. Mm-hmm. This is meant to subs- like make you look like a substantial business. So if step one is read story, step two is now I'm as a person who read that story, I'm curious, I'm going to go to that person's website. And if I don't like what I see, I turn back around and I'm going back the other way. So don't turn on the lights to the house if you don't have furniture. Yeah. Don't invite people for a party. Don't invite people (laughs) to the party if you don't have food. Yeah. 
So yeah. people, people are like, oh, I want PR. Cause like, you know, I just built this company and I want what, what do you I can hear the finance bro. I can hear, I can hear the startup tech oh, bro. Girl coming out through your voice. PR. It's like so triggering. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, your website looks like hell or it doesn't yeah. exist. Mm-hmm. Um, your social media, you have two followers, embarrassing, and mm-hmm. you don't have a LinkedIn page. Well, these are the places people are going to go after they read that story or see you on TV. If you right. don't have that, then you're doing PR strictly for your own ego. Yes. Let's just call that out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not what I'm in the business of. I'm not here to feed your ego. I'm here to build your business. That's right. To help people trust that your business is what they need. Yeah. Right. And so if people really truly understand what PR as a tool is at its core, if you get more sales from it, that's a bonus. If people decide they want to click, consider it a bonus, but it's not what our role is. In fact, if you want to raise money and you have some solid PR validating your business idea, validating that the the executive bench is, you know, strong, PR can look really good to investors Mm -hmm. if that's what you want. Mm -hmm. We are a really great tool to build trust in future investment Mm -hmm. because people know that when you invest in st- the stock market, news can drive public opinion. Totally. PR is a driver of that. So just good for people to understand because most people just don't. And I understand it's not widely taught, but that's like here well, I am. I would Did even say, know? I would even <laughs> say that it's a that it's misrepresented often. Yes. You know, so you you're doing exactly what I was talking about, which is calling it out to the potential client of like, look, this isn't, I know that this is what you might want or what other people might be selling you, but actually PR stands for public relations. So I help you relate to the public, right? And and make sure that they like you. Yeah. Trust you. Right. Consider you. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and because they are also considering other options, right? We just need to help them understand your value and what you can do to help them so that when they make their decision, what we've done together strategically helps them hopefully go on to the side that you want them to. Yeah. Yeah. I love this. And, you know, the copywriter brain in me wants to just call out to the people who are like, cool, cool. So I want to get PR and have people land on my website and think, wow, that is a buttoned up professional but I don't know where to start. Start with your value proposition. I just, right. my, I can't stand not giving copywriting advice. Start with your value proposition, which technically the definition is what's the number one thing that you do or sell that your competition doesn't offer or they don't offer it in the same way that your ideal client already wants. That's right. Get that down, get it on your website, super clear. And then when the PR comes, people will immediately understand who you are, what you do, how you can help them and why you're better than anybody else. That's right. That's hundred percent. And not just that, but that's exactly why if you're going to, again, pitch investors, they want to know your Valprop. Yeah. What value are you bringing to the world? If you want me to write you a check and if you can't clearly state what that is, you're not ready. Hmm. 
So if you can't really put that on your website, you're not ready. If you have a great PR person or a copywriter who can help you put that to the forefront, then, you know, we're, we're great help, you know, um, at the beginning of someone's like business cycle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my next question is how do you know, how does one know, okay, I think I'm ready to hire a PR professional versus, you know, doing Harrow or being a guest on podcasts, doing kind of DIY PR? Yeah. Great question. One of my favorites. So you are ready for PR when your business has done something substantial that is worth sharing as a first milestone, right? Mm. So the fact that you exist, you've been created, you're alive, great. But do you have a first client that you can include in that? Mm, yeah, right? the milestone piece is really That's interesting. Right. So like when when NRPR first launched, I wrote my own press release. You can go back years, nine years. Into nine years. Three, right? <laughs> And see that when NRPR launched, I was able to launch with the names of three or four clients already. Mm -hmm. I had my website together. My social media was already budding, right? I already had a little following. It was like nine years, baby social media. Yeah. It's like (laughs) your family, your friends that are kind of like underground, just following so that you have a little bit of action going so that again, when you turn on the lights and you start shining it into the house, people see that there's furniture and food and they're welcome, right? Mm-hmm. So for, for me, I tell people, if you've launched your business, great, but make sure that you're announcing it with a customer or two or something substantial that shows that you're making moves or you're launching your business and you've raised money. Yeah, You know, we, we raised $3.5 million to create... I don't know, notebooks that write themselves, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know, if you have done something with your business that is worth noting, that then becomes the first sort of mark on your timeline. Mm. And that's when you need PR. You want people to know that you're alive, kicking and doing stuff so that other people can look at that and say, oh, well, that's interesting. Let me consider them. And then when they get into your sales cycle, hopefully you have people going in and closing, you know, your customers or whatever, they can point back to the press like, oh, by the way, did you see that our CEO was on KTLA? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? He actually touched on what you and I were just talking about. Here, let me send you that link. Yeah. You can take then somebody who's on the fence about your business from a maybe to a yes. Mm. You use the PR then as as a feeder, as a filler. tool. that then becomes part of your cycle, part of the conversation. Did you see that we just won this award? Did you see that we were just speaking at this event? Did you see that we just got a little bit of coverage on this new update to our platform? Mm-hmm. That's when you know you need PR because then at that point, you're, as your business is growing, PR should be the mouthpiece telling the world so that people watch your timeline and see that you've been growing. Yes. I don't want to shame anybody, but I really, I just am itching to talk to you about this, Nicole. People who think that PR is about them versus how they help people. (laughs) She's making the same face because I have encountered this a lot with copywriting 
where people really and be proud. You should be proud of yourself, yes. right? You've built an amazing thing or you're starting a new adventure. It takes guts, man. It takes guts to be an entrepreneur and power to you. But the place to talk about yourself is not in the press. Like, even if you are being interviewed, uh-huh. right? The goal, as you said earlier, uh, is to establish trust. And to do that, you need to provide value to people. And I always feel so badly saying, like, no matter how cool you are, like, it's kind of like nobody really cares. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, but nobody cares. <laughs> They care about what you've done and who you've done it for or who you're doing it for at that yeah. point, yes. right? Period, right? Yes. And that's where you get into how PR can be a really major ego inflator mm-hmm. or deflator, yeah. right? And depending on how personally confident the person is, you can get to a point to where you're dealing with people who like need it to validate themselves and you're mm-hmm. looking at it like there is not enough press in the world that will ever make you happy because you're just not happy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, ah. you, you'll run into things like that. And that's, you're exactly right. I think that there are different types of press that um, let's say founders can, can get, right? Mm-hmm. If you have a product, you can be in a roundup or if you offer a service or whatever, you can be in a roundup basically amongst your peers one reporter could be talking about four or five people or companies that are like yours and you're in a roundup. News, people are covering your news. Like what I just said, you hit a milestone, you launched with three customers. Here's what you're doing, right? That's news. It's about your business, right? Um, A review, a review of your product or your service, right? Mm -hmm. Again, these are three things that have nothing to do with you as a human being, right? And then there could be news about what's happening in the world. You know, there are crazy things that happen in our world every day. Climate change is a thing. Do you have an opinion or something you can educate the people about that specific topic? Mm -hmm. Nothing to do with you and everything to do with pointing back to your expertise and how that feeds into the business and how people can trust you. Finally, are there opportunities for just Feature profiles on a CEO, feature profiles on an executive, their journey. Mm -hmm. It still is about what you've done. Yeah. How you have actually made an impact in the world. And if you are just starting, you haven't done anything with your business Mm -hmm. so that people can validate why they should be listening to you, then you can't necessarily start there. You've got yeah. to your business you get forward there. and that those feature pieces will still be wrapped around what your business is doing. And, you know, maybe like for me, I'm Latina and, and I'm very proud of being the oldest of nine kids. It's part of my, it's part of my story. It's part of my journey. But yes. at the end of the day, if NRPR wasn't doing anything for brands and I'm talking to you and we've done nothing and hit no milestones. Nobody should be listening to me. Mm. You yeah. shouldn't be listening to me because I technically haven't done anything. Mm. Have I moved my business forward and have I helped people? Yes. Okay. 
then now I can work in a little bit of my backstory so that you understood what it took for me to get there. So if people could really understand that those are the ways that you can and should be getting PR, it's still at the core of your business making moves. Yes. To substantiate that you as an executive or someone that people should be taking advice from and listening to. I love this point of incorporating your story because that's what makes people feel like they see you, know you, like you, trust you. It adds an extra element of trust when you are willing to be more transparent and vulnerable. But to Nicole's point, the crux of that is it's part of how you got to where you are. That's right. That's such a good, yeah, yeah. Humanize the journey. That's right. But have a journey to talk about in the first place. That's right. I love it. Exactly it. Not like, well, I just opened my business and my business is making money. Um, So, I mean, shouldn't I be interviewed by Oprah now? I know. (laughs) I know. I, I completely. And hey, listen, I've been guilty of it. I'm sure all of us have been guilty of like wanting that ego boost. It, it feels good, but here's what feels better. Right. Getting press when it actually is helpful, warranted. warranted. Yes. That feels amazing because that cuts away. What that does is, you know, we all feel a little bit of imposter syndrome sometimes, but being able to genuinely celebrate a milestone, as Nicole said, publicly is the best feeling. And it's so much better than just, you know, verbal vomiting about, you know, yourself, yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Like it's all about what, what your, what your two hands and your brain have actually accomplished, right? Yes. Work and the, the, I don't know, the strategy, the thought, all of the things that, that came together to make you a worthwhile person to listen to. Right. That's right. Well, So on that note, you guys, Nicole actually wrote a book called Beverly Hills Boss, and I'm going to include the link to it in the show notes because talk about the perfect segue of a story about how you got to where you are and now here you are. We didn't touch on this yet in our conversation, but I will in the intro of, you know, you started out as an NFL cheerleader. Yeah. And here you are nine years in business as a badass Latina business owner. And I just really want everybody to support you, read the book, check out NRPR and um, yeah, just so much gratitude for you sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you for having me. And this was a blast. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Amazing. All right, you guys check out all of Nicole's stuff in the show notes below her website, her links, her socials. And listen, she is an excellent mentor. If you have questions about PR, then absolutely check out her website, maybe even book a consultation if you feel like your business is ready for it. Highly, highly recommend doing so. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, always here. And I love meeting new people. So ask away. All right, everybody take care. All right, y'all know I'm about to ask you to subscribe to Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you found us today. It truly helps podcasters pay their teams, find better guests, and give you good content. So if you want to hear more conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship, 
be sure to subscribe to Find Your Magic and leave us a review. Thanks for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.